Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. The football show, we're back. Potty? Great to be back. Huge first episode, wasn't it? Mate, massive spike. Massive spike in the ratings. They want to hear from Cosy and Berta. Now, boys, you're back. Sure am, guys. It's great to be back on board, and thanks for that little plug. It was good to good to get the standalone show off the ground last week. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us, boys. Welcome, Cosy. Um, yeah, let's keep those ratings tracking, tracking up. Get uh, get some more loyal listeners out there. Speaking of the first episode, Grego, something was missed at the end, mate. What do you mean? You the button press? Oh well, or the, no. Or, oh, you're talking about Berta's rundown on the Libertadores. Yes. Well, first, I just wanted to refer to what we've been called in the uh, in the public realm, mate. We've been uh, referred to as the UN of football coverage. Well, where we've got is that a four, good or a bad thing? Four fans from different teams who can come together and actually share a conversation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Unique. I mean, some people have got a bit of hate on for the UN, so I don't know if it's all good. But anyway, mm. I'll take it as a compliment. That sounds about right. Uh, cause this, uh, you know, the UN just sit around and do a lot of talking and not much action. That sounds like this podcast. Because oh, you're getting political early. Yep. Sting. Look, uh, we'll have to also to give a shout out to the uh, the grounds crew at the International Stadium. Apparently, big listeners. Berta tells me. Yeah, I get a get a text from from a. Uh, Connoisseur of grass, and he says, uh, "How about we give the Wagogal Wolves a shout out?" I said, "Well, it's it's already done. <sighs> yeah, it's already it's been right. done. Yeah, so got to go back and listen to the former episodes." Anyway, we'll get them mm. on. We'll get them on. Well, <laughs> happens regularly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. You wait till people start getting into you and trying to get a spot on the show. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, Cosy, where were you? Heading this week, mate. Where are we starting? Yeah, because he wasn't ready. Potty, you go do it. Sorry? <laughs> I'll miss it. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh we've butchered start. it. I'll, I'll we've start. butchered it. I'll give the listeners a run. Come on, jump in, mate. I've just launched in this heartfelt review of the and, and preview of the Libertadores, and because he just decided to check out, he didn't want to listen. So clearly a huge South American fan. <laughs> but anyway, very exciting. Um, a place that I've managed to visit is... Uh, is uh, the Boca Juniors home ground La Bombonera in in Argentina and they managed to make their way to the Copa Libertadores final um, against Fluminense from uh, mm. Brazil it will be played in, in Rio the final but edge of your seat sort of stuff was the, the semi-final um, one of your old um, heartthrobs Grego Edison Cavani he, uh, he, he, he stamped his name all over the oh, yeah. yeah we signed him in his prime I think yeah, he was 37 yeah. Mm. And Boca went Nothing wrong with that. A penalty shootout. Interesting. At the end of extra time, uh, at the end of regular time over there, they don't stuff around with the half an hour of extra time. They just go straight into the shootout. So that yeah, they won that penalty mm. shootout, and um, yeah, the final November four, I believe, in in Brazil. But I love South American football. The way they just like you can look at a a run sheet after the game and there'll be six or seven yellow cards for each team throw in a red maybe a bit of ref abuse the game mm. gets stopped you're the crowd right i mean it doesn't get much better so the fact that there's a month in between the semi-final and the final is that an indication of the you know the fandom around it or is it an indication of the need for you know additional oh. military assistance oh. look probably both but <laughs> 
Well, considering last time when uh, Boca played uh, River Plate in the in one of the finals, and the and the game had to be abandoned, and and buses were tear gassed, and then they played the final in Madrid. So yeah, yeah, they played in a new continent. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, over there, that, that this is the Champions League of 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 their of their continent, and it's just like it's just absolutely it means uh, it's their life. So it's. Uh, I can't wait. I'll be, I'll be mm. subscribing to um, Bayern Sports or Bayern Sports, however you say it, and I'll be watching that final because uh, it's a Sunday. Mm. So that sounds like a quote from Danny Rojas. Oh. Football is life out of Ted, <laughs> for any of the Ted Lasso well, fans I'll, out I'll, there. I'll, oh. I'll never forget my visit Love. to La, La Bombonera. Like that, the, the, when the Argentinian football did allow away fans, you know, they're saying that they have to leave. 15 minutes before the rest of the fans so they can get away simply safe and the the big barbed wire fences mm. got that fans are actually climbing on like there's OH&S it's like going to Bali and watching a building getting built it's, it doesn't exist so the fans are just climbing all over these barbed wire mm. fences the songs the flares it's like nothing you'll ever see mm. put it on Mate. the market list fellas Absolutely beautiful. Well spoken, Berta. Passion. We've lost Cozzy again, but you know. Um, oh, oh, I loved him, mate. Oh, no, I'm still here, buddy. I'm just hanging oh. on for dear life at the moment. I'm, we're nearly getting blown away by the wind up here. I, it's uh, pretty Have windy up my way at the, the moment. Off there, so or what? Just trying Ooh. to hang on to everything, hold everything down. <laughs> yeah. Well, thinking about and talking about being blown away, like. It was a blast from the past the last week because Dad said, I thought we were in COVID times again. Everybody had to keep a metre and a half away from Cozzy because after Arsenal's big win over City, he, <laughs> I mean, he was walking around barred up and everybody had to give him a wide berth. <laughs> they nearly had to get the police tape out. A bit of social distancing from, from Cozzy Stiffy. Rightio, Potty, what happened over the weekend, mate? So the international break, as um, we all love, so... Um, yep. Yeah. So the Socceroos 1-0 lost to England. Uh, Solomon Islands 1-0 versus uh, Vanuatu. Um, that takes you back to your cruise days, I'd imagine. <laughs> That's Gregor. the only reason it's in the run sheet. Yeah. Um, uh, PNG 1-0. Oh, no, sorry. 1-0. Um, lost um, 3-1 to New Caledonia. And uh, New Zealand, the All Whites, um, won all with yeah. Congo. Wow. Well, uh, that would have been a cracker. The Democratic Republic of the Congo as well. Um, did anybody catch the Socceroos game? No, I, I kept you didn't. on it, but I was, I was out. I saw they oh. played a bloody good team, though. Like, uh, I was a bit disappointed to see Harry Maguire wasn't in the centre, but um, no, watched it. Saw it was mate, are you, you're like a kindergarten <laughs> girl, mate. You pick on Harry Maguire, but oh. you really have a crush on him. I'll never Dead that. set. He was the gun. He used to sit on that 18-yard box and not move. Mate, I, I have to agree with you, though, Bert. A lot the England put out a pretty decent side. Um, but I think when you look at it, like the possession statistics were well and truly in England's favour. They had the majority of the possession. But when you watch the game on a whole, you realise why they struggle in tournaments. Because Australia weren't really in it. Like, there was probably a couple of set pieces there at the end where Australia could have easily got an equaliser. 
you know. So it really shows you the difference in international football where sides who are quite unfancied, like the Socceroos, can come in and put in a good showing and actually compete with these big sides. It's a bit of a battle of two styles, isn't it? Like the Australian style of playing football on the world stage is pretty much unlike many other countries. It's a rough and tumble version. Even though we've got Mm. a lot of players playing in England and overseas, I think that's one thing that the coaching sort of committee bring into the team is that battle fitness, battle readiness of all the players. They're there to scrap and challenge for everything. They, They look coachable. Mm. You know, if you're a manager and you've got players who come through the Australian system, they look like they're ready to work. And you don't always get that with the big hitters. Mm. No. No, I was really disappointed that um, Riley McGree didn't get time on the pitch. I would have really liked to have seen what he could do. He's been doing some really good things over there in England. So I was mm. a bit disappointed that he rode the, rode the pine the whole game. Also, I want to get your boy's take on Jordan Henderson. Did you see Jordan Henderson getting booed off the field? Well, not booed off the field, but booed as he left the field. Do you have any thoughts on that? They've obviously watched the... We'll We'll go to Berta first. Half the UK has has watched the Beckham documentary and they're just bringing back some memories, really, just by booing one of their own. Well, obviously, you know the history behind it. Have you got an idea of what it's about? So it's about the, um, the rainbow laces. So obviously Jordan Henderson was quite outspoken around sort of those social issues when he was, you know, playing in England and then he's taken the cash in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So obviously they're, they're you know, the fans are off with that. But, you know, I, I think they're well and truly within their rights to boo the fact that he got selected. Like surely Jordan Henderson is not in the best 11 England players at this stage oh. of his career. Yeah, once again, Gregor, you can go back to my kindergarten girl comment. Neither is Harry Maguire, but he still gets picked. No, I'm serious. <laughs> but he, he's, I, he's I didn't pick him. Southgate goes with the pick and stick policy. So that's why Jordan Henderson's still there. Mm. Yeah, he yeah. talked. He, Gareth Southgate talked about him being the player in the dressing room that they all look up to and he commands respect. So there's probably that underlying message there that you know, his performances on the field are pretty strong, but he's there for more more to get around the younger players. And the young, it's a pretty young team there with, with some of the England players, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't the result we're after. But um, any other uh, qualifiers of note out there this weekend, Potty? Uh, mate, I uh, might get you to run through them. My computer's oh, just frozen up for a second. He's dodging it. He's dodging them. No, no, I'll just... <laughs> Trying to bring up the um, run sheet again. She's frozen on me. Uh, well, I thought he was just dodging the names of these ones, so I'll go with them. Some some real crackers, guys. You had to get behind on the European qualifiers, so actually some decent non-friendly football. Uh, Northern Ireland beat San Marino 3-0. Estonia, unfortunately, went down to Azerbaijan by two goals to nil in an absolute jam-packed stadium in Tallinn. Uh, did you see that one, guys? I mean, there must have been 30 people there. It was unbelievable. Uh, Ukraine beat North Macedonia 2-0. And obviously, uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina were uh, defeated Liechtenstein 2-0. Um, yeah, I, now, can I, Gregor, did you... Um, I just thought I'd let the listeners know I've joined a new fan club. Yeah, who? Um, yeah, so just all these internationals, I thought I'd get on board. So I've, I've joined the uh, Never Any Joy Brigade. 
Have you heard oh, okay. of it? No. The Never no. Any Joy Brigade. Never Any Joy Brigade. So we are now, I am officially part of San Marino's support and uh, their uh, fan club um, because this fan club, long-running fan club, um, got founded and it's been 132 games since San Marino's won a game. So the, mm. the fan club has been going since 2004. Um, and so they've never seen us, never seen San Marino win a game. So yeah, just like Miami Dolphin board. fans have never seen Dan Marino win a Super Bowl. Yeah, pretty similar. <laughs> you know, jump on board because it's the only way is up. That's what I reckon. The only way is up. Look, I've got a if I've got a soft spot for any of the European minnows, mate, it's got to be Liechtenstein. And the reason is because I got refused entry to Liechtenstein. So, uh, <laughs> what year was that? Two thousand twelve. Oh, oh, going back to two thousand and seven. Yeah. Oh, okay, because that was San was... Marino's last victory against Liechtenstein. Okay. So there you go. You might have been there around about the time. Well, it's obviously the curse so, of the border knockbacks. What day expecting your um, jersey to arrive in the post? Cause... Oh, well, it's got to go via Ukraine and then Israel, oh, so it might be a little while. Oh, <laughs> Some political unrest jokes here on the Sports Attention Football Show. Unbelievable. How you going there, Potty? You look like you're under duress. <laughs> oh, mate, my computer just shat itself, but I'm back. I'm, I'm back. <laughs> there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Potty is back with us. It wouldn't be the first time something shut itself on the Sports Detention Podcast, I would imagine. That, uh, allegedly. Yep. Allegedly. Rightio. No, there was some good ones, Potty. There was some good um, qualifiers. We had Ireland versus Greece. Greece beat Ireland 2-0, but for some reason the run sheet shows Ireland beating Greece 2-0, but that didn't happen. So um, France beat the Netherlands 2-1. Uh, Austria... Went down to Belgium, 3-2, and Portugal beat Slovakia, 3-2. Did you catch any of these ones, Potty? No, I didn't catch any of them. How come you didn't catch any of the football on the weekend, mate? Mate, I was away for the weekend. Yep. Why? Went went up the coast. Oh, he's quiet. He's going quiet. Did you... Nice little family holiday. No, just with the wife and me. Oh. Left the kids at home. Well, well, there we go. Enough said. Yep. Out of Wi-Fi, too. Out of Wi-Fi, mate. (laughs) Ah, uh, very good. So, I don't know if you caught any of these ones, boys. Yeah, it's sort of, so a little bit of that. Um, did you guys catch the uh, pitch invader with in the Portugal game over the weekend? I didn't, mate. Tell us Tell more. Tell more. No, no. So, uh, pitch invader ran out onto the field after Ronaldo scored a goal and done the. Now I hope I get this right. Sweet with Ronaldo in in. Uh, you couldn't have got it more wrong, Cosy, to be honest. It's actually Sue. Your shit pronunciation, Thank you. I, I, I try my best. I liked it, Cosy. I actually Can did see again? a video. Go again, mate. Sui. <laughs> that it's couldn't like, be further When you're further. ordering your Chinese and they want to say, what do you want with it? I'll have the sunny sui. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. We've all got, we've got it all here. Now, I did see a video on the weekend of some bloke doing tricep extensions and he was wearing a Ronaldo jersey and somebody on the other side of the gym, every time he extended it, was going, sue, sue. It's a pisser. It's a so good one. So it poses a question, boys. Who... who would you run out onto the field next to and celebrate with and what would you do if you had I've, the opportunity? I've already told this a few podcasts ago, but I'd run out with Mo Salah and do the walk like the Egyptian dance. Mm. Mm. 
Yes. So you're repeating material. Thoroughly unprepared. Yep. Okay. Uh, Potty. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not sure. You put it on the spot. You know, put on the spot. Put on the spot going out there. I'm not sure what I do, but I saw an NFL player last week who's gone out to do a nice big celebration, a little little bit of the Ronaldo, I think, but he's completely fluffed Ooh. and torn his ACL. Oh, yeah. It's an ugly video if you've seen it, and uh, if you haven't seen it, don't go looking for it. But, you know, I don't know what I'd do, but it wouldn't be that. Mm. Look, I'm going to... Um I'm going to put the money on the fact that my wife's not going to listen to this podcast. And I'm going to say Alicia Lehman. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting that one now, boys, were you? I haven't seen that one, Grego. I'd go with the Thierry Henry, the knee slide. I'd probably, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's back. hot. Knees would mm. dig in. Face would go straight into the turf. But uh, no, I'd love to slide along next to Thierry Henry on one of his many, many goal celebrations. Yes, uh, Iceland versus Luxembourg, boys. The last one of the real bludgers, one all. Did anybody see the finish to that game? There was the keepers come up for a corner, open goal. The goalkeeper for Luxembourg has released it up to the striker. They're inside the fifty, so all on side, open goal, and he's hit the side net. <laughs> So check it out. There's the highlights are free for everyone to watch. It's an absolute bludger. But so fellas, we've got the um, South American qualifiers as well. But uh, sorry, and what's Pony? the name of that, Gregor? Conma Bowl. The Conma Bowl. Okay, are just you checking. asking people for pronunciation yeah. tips, or are you trying to challenge them? Oh, <laughs> oh, just before I pronounce <laughs> yeah, it, so I just wanted to get the right one. How'd we <laughs> how'd we go, Potty? Before we continue squabbling, uh, Colombia versus Uruguay, two all. Yeah. Um, now, stop you there. Tell me who it doesn't go back to Homer Simpson's <laughs> calling it, you are gay. <laughs> please, t- please tell me that every time I see Uruguay, it takes me back to the Simpsons. Oh, the Simpsons. The good old days, mate. Mm. Uh, Argentina had a 1-0 win over Paraguay. Um, Brazil um, won all with uh, Venezuela. Ecuador 2-1 uh, over Bolivia and Chile 2-0 over Peru. Catch any of these guys? The highlights briefly um, for Brazil versus Venezuela. Um, nothing much to say. Very typical South American football. Lots of emotion, lots of rolling around, looking like someone's dead set being snipered from a tree. Um, only to get up thir- mm. only to get yeah it's well, possible over there 35 mm. seconds later and be running at full tilt um, yeah one all they mm. they would look like they were doing what they needed to do to, to qualify so it wasn't it, it's yeah you're not going to put that down in the game you, you must watch or or uh, we'll go back and watch again what about you Coz? yeah I've got one for you boys I've got a name that you'll need to tuck away somewhere for a little while to place into your little black books. A little mm. fellow by the name of Kendry Payers. So Kendry plays for Ecuador. Now, Kendry has just become the youngest ever South American to score in a World Cup qualifier. And he plays for Ecuador. Mm. So that that's a pretty impressive statistic on by itself. But at 16 years and 16 and a half years old he's already been signed by Chelsea for 17 million uh, pounds 
So he okay. doesn't actually, uh, he isn't actually able to play for Chelsea until he turns 18. So you won't see him in a Chelsea shirt for another 18 months. So they've got this guy up his sleeve. They must have scouts all over the world doing doing fantastic work. Um, he's be, he was um, scored his goal on the weekend, put through by uh, one of Berta's favourite players, Moses Casido. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, great assist. So he's um, the youngest. Uh, player to ever pull on an Ecuadorian shirt. So he made his de- debut at only 15. Um, he's the youngest ever scorer at an under-20s World Cup. He's just breaking heaps and heaps of records mm. for the national side. He's still playing in Ecuador, so he hasn't come to Europe or anything like that. Yet. But yeah, he, he's one to just to keep an eye out. You know, um, I think he can't play for Chelsea until the 2025, about... Uh, the middle of the year, May or April, something like that, in 2025. But there's just one one for your little black books. Uh, Put it in, guys. Payers. So what you're suggesting, Cozzy, is he is the South American James Milner. Oh, no, I think he's probably got a little bit more talent than James Milner. <laughs> but, um, if he works hard, he'll get a long, distinguished career like James did. Yeah, James, was he 15? He was, oh. when he scored for Leeds, he was so young. Yeah. 15 or 16, it was something ridiculous. He's still going around, yeah. Mm. 37 years old now. Mm. Jeez, that's a good career, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, headlines of the week, boys. Potty, what do you got? So, obviously, with the Merseyside derby coming up, I was um, thinking that Berta would talk about that. And I, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to step on his toes because I've been in trouble for that in the past. So, I'm backing away from that. Um, and so, I thought, you know what? Really? Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. <laughs> And so I, I backed away from that and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a bit of research. And once I uh, sifted through all the Ange Bogdokoglu um, stuff, there was only <laughs> one or two stories left. And um, it was about uh, James Madison uh, squirting a water bottle uh, the wrong way when he was um, playing the Socceroos. And um, I, Mate, this has really affected you. You dropped this on the Sports Detention podcast. Yeah, I did. I dropped it on the sports pet detention as my penis of the week for not fake news but no news story. And and I was just I was bringing it up because it must have been a slow week. And um, you know, come on, do better. That's Jeez, I yeah. love that of Tottenham player winning penis of the week. Love it. Mm. Mm. Like and subscribe, guys. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> oh, what do you got, Cos? What have I got? Oh, well, I can't believe that Potty's brushed over it. So, uh, my headline of the week is Derby Delight for the Toffees. Oh, fuck off. So, you may think that we're looking forward, <laughs> but we're actually looking backwards. If you uh, missed the big result this morning uh, at Anfield, Everton women won, Liverpool women zero. So, <laughs> the first step to a massive weekend for the Everton Football Club. Blood drawn. Um, Liverpool, they were coming first. There was only they've only played two or three games, but they were on top of the table. So the Everton women have, you know, taken the first steps to what will be a highly successful week for the Toffees, no doubt. Oh, Cosy, so you're telling I me love there's it. a chance. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, so that should uh, put a smile on Potty's face for the next few days until the weekend. That's uh, that's all I can do for you, mate. Thanks, mate. I am feeling it. What do you got, well, Berta? Headline of the week, mate. Derby week. What 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 else could I talk about? I mean, ah, oh, you. Oh, I'm gonna vomit like, me mouth. Seriously, <laughs> do better. The, the red versus the blue. Um, but interesting. The second best red team in English oh, football. Amazing, right, isn't no, it? No, look, it's just a, it, you throw form out the window. It's just one of those things where it's. I've mentioned South American football a couple of times. It's exactly like that. It's just a scrap. It's passionate. It means something. It's, I love it. And the fact that we're coming off a international break where we always seem to get the early slot and we have a shithouse record uh, mm. in that early slot. We only just snuck home last time against Wolverhampton. Um, look, Everton ran, ran into a bit of form before, before the break. Liverpool had a couple of average games. You know, it it's it will be a scrap. It'll be, it it'll be a good game. But I, I don't see any other result. And I know this is recorded. And this will probably be played back to me next week, no doubt. But I don't see any any other <laughs> result. Everton win victory. Oh, you yeah. went down a different track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Wait, what's guys. The score, yeah, I agree. Toffees. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to add there, Everton unbeaten in the, away in their last four games away, so they're, mm. they're tough to beat away from home. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, fellas, I'm going to go back to the international football for my headline of the week. Kylian Mbappe ensures his vertebrae for $6 billion. Mm. US dollars, that is. Did anybody see the Netherlands versus France? No. Dead set, mm. Kylian Mbappe is carrying the nation of France. Like, his back is under duress because everything good that comes out of French football is through Kylian Mbappe. He is just a level above. Six billion dollars, though. That's, yeah. Well, can't even buy you a football club, apparently. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll go a, into that, that later. It's or just one hit straight up, the premium. Oh, it might, it might be in his contract. I mean, along with his mm. other positions as director of football yeah. and, you know... Shareholder, the whole direct, you get charged a bit extra to get paid by the month. So anyway, just thought I'd let the listeners know that. Yeah, but if budget, if you've got any good deals and you want to sponsor us, you know where to get us at sportsdetention at gmail dot com. Uh, so yeah, I mean, killing Mbappe, he was just absolutely class against the Dutch, and mate, he's dead set. Like I said, anything good that comes out of that French football team is is through his boot. So yeah, unbelievable. He is a pleasure to watch. Rightio, uh, discussion points, boys. The Socceroos big call-out. So, on the back of a big week leading into the anticipated friendly, we had um, Graham Arnold, Ange Postcoglu, Gus Hinnick get together. But there's been some calls just around funding for Australian football and not taking advantage of the position we're in as a nation when it comes to our national team and obviously grassroots level. So I thought I'd just throw it to the crew here and sort of get your thoughts on where we're at and whether they've, they've got a decent point in sort of calling for that additional funding to replicate the interest in the Socceroos. What do we reckon? Yeah, I'll dump it down. I think it's it's been an argument that's been around for many, many years. I think the model of Australian football is just... It's lopsided when you look at other football codes in, in, in the nation, but um, it's definitely uh, the poorer cousin to the rugby league and, the, and definitely to the AFL. 
Mm. I mean, the trickle down from uh, the national team and, and, and the, what the uh, top leagues do in NRL and AFL is, is, you know, everybody knows where the money comes from, but it just seems it's a reverse model with uh, Australian football. Like, the money just goes up. It goes away from grassroots football. It's being sucked out of the the younger players, the weekend players, the the guys that have got to work all week and then turn up and pay astronomical fees for insurance and and mm. all these types of other um, money that go to organisations managing who God only knows what. But the big problem is that the you know it comes down to of course the television rights things like that, the money that they can generate uh, from national teams or from the A League or the W League it's just not there and it's just not going to support. You know that it's such a huge, um, it's such a huge organisation. Like you look at how many people are playing, whether it be football on the weekend, as I said, or whether it's futsal or whatever type of football it is. It's just so big, and and they can't get it any more spot on. I think. Mm. Yeah. Well, they've. It's a good time, isn't it? Like the, both national teams have done really well internationally recently, haven't they? The Socceroos made the quarterfinal, the last World Cup and the Matildas, the semi-final as well. So the interest is there. Mm. You'd, you'd have to think now's as good a time as any to throw their weight behind it and hopefully get a change. Yeah, strike while the iron's hot. Anything to add on that, Berta? What do you reckon, mate? Not much at all, because he said it better than I, better than I could and, and Potty wrapped it up, but... Yeah, it's it's something that needs mm. it needs it needs change. There needs to be if if we are gonna um, bring along the next Socceroos and the next Matildas, it needs to start. You know, when 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 the the kids are young and at the moment, like Cosy said, the the fees are astronomical. It's it's yeah, exactly what Cosy said. Getting sucked out of the sport rather than put back into the sport and that mm. that does need to change. Mm. Um, next topic point, boys. Romelu Lukaku. Did anybody catch the the Belgium game on the weekend and Romelu Lukaku's celebration? So Romelu Lukaku has scored in his match, and he's run to the sideline and he has made a gesture which would indicate that he has enormous testicles. So big balls, pretty much mm. just gesturing to the fan that he's got big balls. Now, I'm not a bitter Manchester United fan who looks at Romelu Lukaku's time at Old Trafford, you know, with disgust. You know, it's I'm disappointing. Totally but, like you're over it. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, hear me out. I just don't like people who want their cake and they want to eat it too. And when it comes to Lukaku... When he was at Manchester United, he was given a gift from the fans. He was given a chant. And the chant talked about his enormous hog. He then put out a statement to say that the fans shouldn't talk about his enormous penis in their chant because it wasn't culturally appropriate just because he was of a certain race. So it, was, it went down a racer line. But then on the weekend, he has the audacity to go and run to the sideline and say that he's got big testicles. Romelu, you can't have it both ways, champion. Now, for those listeners at home, the chant went something like this. 
He's our Belgian scoring genius with a 24-inch penis. Scoring all the goals, bell end by his toes. It's a brilliant chant. Lukaku, if your legacy is anything, it is the fact that you went soft. You let the woke brigade stop a great chant in its tracks. Only to then turn around and show your testicles and indicate that you had massive testicles playing for your national team. That's what's upset me. Not the hundred million we wasted on you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is where you jump in and say, "Who gives a fuck?" <laughs> you got that button to press on that board. Uh, owning a football club, guys. And the next one now. There's been some big news around the traps. Manchester United has apparently knocked back the offer from Sheikh Jassim and the Qatari Consortium, um, and the board will vote on Jim Ratcliffe apparently taking a 25% uh, cut in the club. Now, look, we're not going to dive into a massive you know, breakdown of Manchester United Football yes, Club are, and their ownership honest. structure, okay? But I, No, no, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to throw it over to you guys and just get your thoughts on where you guys are with your owners of your football club. So Arsenal FC, owned by the Cronky Sports and Entertainment, it was acquired in uh, 2018. Now, the Cronkies eventually, or just slowly, gradually, took over the club, acquiring uh, their percentages. Cosy, where are you at with the Cronkies? you got some success now. You're playing pretty good on the football field. Where are we at with it? Silent Stan, as the fans refer to him. Um, yeah, so... Silent Stan's been, he was quietly acquiring Arsenal shares for a long, long time, nearly over 10 years. He finally, I think it was, I think you mentioned, Gregor, 2018, he might mm. have got reached the 90% mark, which then allows him to uh, purchase uh, 100% of the shares or 100% of the company, whatever you want to call it. And he got a bit of backlash from that because that meant that you know, owning all of the club, that there was no supporters or fans that could own any part of the club anymore. So he copped a fair bit of backlash for that. So then in the, the next few years, uh, the money wasn't flowing in, in the way of uh, buying players, etc., etc. But of course, they were also going through a rebuilding stage with facilities and stadia. So mm. um, that, that sort of put the brakes on that a little bit. But I think um, Silent Stan has had a fairly decent run in the last two or three years with his acquisitions. So, uh, so what I've noticed world. though, Cosy, and I remember the old, like the pretty heavy cronky out protests and the like, you know, mm. and I mean, Arsenal fans are a pretty measured bunch. They don't usually, you know, jump out and, and make ridiculous statements, especially if they win a football match. However. <laughs> What's the role of Josh Cronkey in changing the perception of Stan? Because I think watching the All or Nothing documentary on Arsenal, it showed that Josh Cronkey played a more of a role than what I think people thought he played at Arsenal Football Club. Would you agree yeah. with that? Or yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, he's uh, he's taken uh, not. Only, I don't think it's just more a hands-on role, but probably a more aggressive role in some of the decision-making. Um, mm. So with with a lot of uh, purchases and player movement as well, um, but not only on, on the incoming players, but on the players going out as well. And he's, he's really backed his management and his managers and Arteta to um, 
have a bit of a clean out and with you know all them all, sort of like standing there not i wouldn't say standing there silently watching but yeah playing a pretty big part in all of that mm-hmm. um body everton where are we mate so obviously evidence troubles have been well documented and um there are four from well not the top but um a far better position has um has been uh has stood out over the last few years so um for Haddon Mashuri um um owns 95 percent of Everton and obviously they're building the stadium at the well at the moment where they're bleeding cash and Bert has pointed out probably be the best stadium in the um, pre- championship in future years. Or was that Cosy? Or was it both? Um, that's if they get relegated. That's if they get relegated. Uh, so uh, an investment firm based in Miami, 777 Partners, has come to the fore as a potential buyer. Now, they've had some experience investing in um, football clubs around the world. Uh, they're a minority um, shareholder in Melbourne Victory at the moment, are they? And yeah. yeah, yeah. So they got a minority holding in Melbourne Victory with the intention of increasing that. Yeah. So I, th- I'm pretty sure they've already um, invested something like 350 million, mm. and they have agreed in principle to buy the club. Whether that's approved or not, still up in the air. My concern is so Mashery can't access a lot of funds because of his relationship with um, Usmanov and uh, his he's, business partner. He's got to sell the club. Yeah, he's like got to sell can, the club. So that's not going to change. Yeah. Um, so And they're in, in dire need of investment. A club who's in dire need of money selling to the only one who's really offering is your, is your concern. It's, yeah. Mm. Like, there's not a whole lot of options. People say, are they the right option? They're the only option. So, Vasco da Gama, Stander Liège, Red Star, Genoa, Hertha Berlin in Europe, they're under the umbrella of 777. Mm. Are there any concerns with that in comparison to running Everton Football Club that you have as a fan? Well, it's a step up. Yeah. So, so um, you, you, what you'd be concerned about, wouldn't you, would be the fact that Everton becomes the breadwinner for that football project and you know investment firms want to make money yeah Mm. so i don't know it's i I think it it could well happen but i don't know if it's what should happen it's just nothing else yeah speaking of nothing else mate liverpool football club (laughs) Berta, there wouldn't be anything else for you to add on that would you there's always a, a fucking one line. <laughs> that group, but I'm not on. That you're just going to say, yeah, watch, watch, watch this. Yeah, oh, the conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah. It's given us yeah. ideas, Berta. Well, just because I was talking about Evan for the last five minutes, oh, we assumed oh, you'd yeah, switched off. So, what, what we we'll, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, yeah. Um, Fenway Sports Group. Oh, it's it's love hate. Um, it, it's it's loved the fact that they they came in um, with a clear business plan, and and they brought a success. They they brought the the Premier League title back to its rightful home. Out <laughs> <laughs> of the European Championship, but there's been plenty of things that I haven't liked. The the short but 
bitter foray into the the Super League that you know Liverpool signed and then rescinded very quickly. Um, the fact that they once again, much like a Manchester United, put it up for sale, you know, free to good home sort of thing, and then and then that didn't go to plan. So oh no, you know, we never really wanted to sell. We just wanted investors, and and their their formula mm. it seems to come uh, like if if you look through the the teams in their in their portfolio they seem to come in and be able to get success but just when success is there that 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 desire to go on and and build on that and create you know a, a mini mini dynasty with their with their teams just the hunger's not there and they get complacent or their their business plan is so rigid that they will not um step the foot to the left or the right um, has has brought as where prolonged success could have been a thing and like I say with all the teams in their portfolio and it's not because it gets to the stage where they just will not spend the money they will spend the money to get the team to where it needs to be but not to maintain that into the future so like they, they've just got some um, I think mm. they've just got some backing mm. yeah so additional investment um, once again, another club building a stadium, or, or not building, but renovating, renovating the Anfield Road end. So, you know, stadiums cost cost money. Like they've mm. done everything right. Um, they've you know expanded the one championships, expanded the facilities, and the, and they've they've made Liverpool Liverpool again. Mm. But I just think it's at the stage now where. Um, a bit more investment is needed if we are going to be considered the Liverpool of 2018-19 again um, or we're just going to go back to the Liverpool of yeah. old where they're competing for maybe third or fourth spot to play Champions League. Yeah, the the Liverpool, the traditional Liverpool, you yeah. know, third best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, it would help if you could, you know, convince players like, Moses Casado, once in a generation footballers to yeah, yeah, sign for your team as well. That, that would help. Clearly, if you go back to a few podcasts ago, I was filthy with it, filthy with that, <laughs> with that uh, lack of acquisition. But um, what do you mean, Jude, was? Jude Bellingham? Yeah. Thing, uh, that's that's when he got his. Oh, mate. I think I don't think there's a football team outside of Real Madrid who no, doesn't wish they had Jude Bellingham playing was for them. To be their primary target, and why all the coins have been kept in the bank was to go and get Jude. And then as yeah. soon as the bidding got a little bit too high, oh, we're out, we're out, we're out. And then we come in with a supposedly twenty-one million pound offer for some fucking knob from wherever he's from. Where's he from? Some South American continent because he talked about him when he had a fat about the Wonder Kid. Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> Ecuador. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. It's that same thing. Yes. Well, it's um, Arsenal, but it, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Now, I would sus- suspect talking about players you did sign, I reckon the fat was about the same size oh, as Sobber's last feet. I'm still about that, eh? The size eight that his dad used to make because soccer players have better. F- better f- um, skills when they've got small feet. Mate, oh, look, don't shoot the messenger. Um, look, we're moving on, fellas. The Manchester United, like I said, I'm not going to bore you guys, but I, I did want to about the ownership structure and the concept of owning a football club. 
often, and I know you guys have sort of retorted on me in the past, where you say, oh, well, you know, United sign players, they just waste the money. You know, they're not signing good players or they're not signing players, they're getting ripped off in the transfer market, so the money's still there. But I think just for all of us, when you're reflecting owners owning a football club, is there so much more than just the playing squad? Yes, the playing squad is important, but what was being offered by Sheikh Jassim in comparison to what we're now being led to believe is going to be fed through the boardroom is a complete rebuilding of the football club. So 30 years ago... Manchester United started on a journey of being the best football club in the world. By the turn of the new millennium, they were pretty much there. You know, they had the most unique, brand new training facility at Carrington. Old Trafford was the ducks nuts of stadiums. They had all the resources there to be the best in the world and they were competing with the the best football clubs. But since the Glazers have taken it, it's just gone to rust. So there's been absolutely no investment. So for me as a football fan, when people look at, you know, the potential of your club being sold, they go, oh, well, yeah, hopefully, you know, we get oil money in because we'll get Neymar. Or, you know, I couldn't give a stuff about that. I would much rather my club go and invest in a freaking stadium so their women's team aren't playing at Lee Sports Village. You know, I want my club to invest in renovating the stadium similar to what Liverpool are doing. You know, we don't need to build a stadium like the Emirates because we're not moving from Highbury. You know, but that investment in the community, and I I bloody hate Man City, but what they have done is absolutely undeniable in the city of Manchester in terms of academy projects, community outreach, and actually building a football club. You know, and I think there's got to be more to that rather than the amount of money your team's paying on transfers when you talk about the ownership dynamic of a football team. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I'll put that do out you, there. Do you think the Glazers might have a problem selling it to, and not to sound, you know, too bad or anything like that, but to a Qatari businessman? Is that an issue, do you think, I in the world wouldn't have a clue. I, at the moment? I think they are just... I think the issue with the Glazer family is there's obviously a rift in the family. There's two brothers who want to hold on to the club and want to squeeze it for what it's worth because it's not a depreciating asset. It's only going to get more and more. The next TV deal, the club's going to be worth more. They want to hold on. But then they've got four other siblings who are going, hey, dickheads, can you hurry up and sell this shit? Because we want a billion each. So you've got this issue there and they're obviously working around it and their way of just holding on to the asset is by selling a little chunk and trying to bring in some money, you know, and it's just such a it's such a catastrophe as a fan. Look, because at the end of the day, they haven't paid dick for the club. Like they they loaded the club with five hundred million pounds of debt. They've paid a billion pounds in interest on that debt that they loaded onto the club. Like it's an absolute disgrace. And you know, as a fan, I look at it as a community asset. You know, because I I have an attachment to the club even though I live on the other side of the world. And this idea of it just being about being the best and having the best playing squad and the like, I, I see it as, you know, I'm sure we all do with our clubs. We see it more than that. 
Well, you and know what, Grego? There are support services for that attachment that can help you out with that. So you can give them a call, I'm sure. They'll be able to help you out. And there's probably even some medication that you could take. Oh, fuck, I hope you bottle the league again this year uh, for a comment like that. <laughs> All right. It just leads us to the next part. Drunk Uncle Trivia with Cozzy. What do you got so, for us, Cozzy? Speaking about bottling. So, yes, Drunk Uncle Trivia. You've got to give the fans what they want. So they've been asked of this over and over again about just putting something out there to test your guys' knowledge because we need to find out whether you actually know what you're talking about or not. So this is a simple little challenge. I've called it My Club, My Country. Yep. So what I've got is a list of players, and all you need to do is identify the country that they play for. So they play yep. for your teams, boys, so you should know them pretty well. However, the little twist is... I like it. When I read out the Liverpool questions, uh, Berta, you're not allowed to answer. So I'm going to throw them to the other two jokers on the couch to okay. answer that question. And if they get it wrong, Berta, you can swoop in. If you get it right, you get no points. If you get it wrong, you lose a point. So here we go. So right, no yeah, let's go. Berta, you've got to keep quiet on this one. This is for the uh, Man U and Everton supporters. So your buzzer is your name. Here we go. Darwin Nunez. Yeah, it's Will. Yep. Uh, he's you are gay, isn't he? Correct. <laughs> Diego Yota. Uh, Will. Yep. He's Portuguese. Correct. Luis Diaz. Will. Uh, uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's Colombian. Correct. <laughs> this is not a setup. Joel Matip. Oh. Yeah, they get harder as we go down. Okay. Um, yeah. Free uh, shot of the stumps, boys. Will. I'm going to go with... Is it... It's an African country. Is, is it like Mali? No. Cameroon? Burda? Correct. Uh, England. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Potty? What do you got for this one? England. Yeah, correct. Harvey Elliott, England. You're on the board, Potty. Well done. I told you it's drunk what? uncle trivia. So here we go. And the last one for Liverpool. So in the main squad, Connor Bradley. Ooh. Mm. Connor Bradley. No searching it up, Birder. I can see you on Google. Uh, um. Well, yes, boys. I'm going to go Northern Ireland. Correct. Oh. Okay, here we go. We've got our Manchester United players. So, Berta, Potty. Come on, Potty. Come home strong. <laughs> Number one. Berta. Victor Lindelof. Swedish. Correct. Alejandro Guinacho. Berta. It's South American. Argentina? That's a continent, not a country. Correct. He's actually born in Spain. <laughs> Diego Dallo. Correct. Andre Onana. Uh, body. Cameroon. Correct. <laughs> Johnny Evans. Body. 
Gregor, stop, stop mouthing to him. I can see um, you. Fucking idiot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give uh, it to Berta. Johnny, Johnny uh, Evans. Do you know Berta? Scottish. No. Gregor. He's Northern Ireland. Correct. And last one, young forward in the first team squad, Shola Shortire. That's Shortier, eh? But anyway. No, it's Shortire. I've got it written right in front of me. <laughs> oh, no idea. Now this one's a, this one might be a might be a bit of a stitch up. This one. Guess his voice. I don't know. Bloody. Think about the great Amy Obi. I don't know. Um, Zimbabwe. Don't know. Grego? Close. <laughs> no, that's Mugabe, not Amiobi. Um, I'm going to say he's, he's English. Correct. I was actually going to say Nigeria. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, now this one's going to test you out. I think this will be the hardest. So we've got some Everton players. So Birdo, Grego, here we go. Your buzzer is your name. Burn Michael Keane. Irish. No. Body? Uh, Michael Keane. Um. <laughs> I know who he is. He's a Manchester United youngster. Uh, Scottish. Is that what Bernard just said? He said Irish. Oh, no, sorry. No, he's English. He's English. They did. So, that's one off your score, Bernard. Um, Amadou Anana. Ooh. I don't know this Amadou one. Anana. Amadou Manana. <laughs> I'm going to say, Gregor, I'm going to say Cameroon just as uh, um, Andre. Is he? No. Is he Kevin De Bruyne? Belgium. Belgium. No. Oh, well read off your screen, Berta. So <laughs> next question. <laughs> <laughs> the Everton captain, Berta. Seamus Coleman. Oh, Berta. Coleman. Uh, I'll accept Republic oh, of Ireland. <laughs> oh, 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 mate. Uh, Beto. Oh, Beto. Will. He's Portuguese, isn't he? Correct. Two to go. Jared Branthwaite. Berta. <sighs> oh. Berta. I'm going to go English. Correct. Oh, no, that's wrong. Question. Here we go. No, Daryl Braithwaite. He's bloody Australian. That's Daryl's son, Jared. He sings foals. That is a disgrace. Last one. Little known midfielder for Everton. Scores are tied. Bird is on five. Gregor's on five. Tyler on Yango. Grego. Tyler Onyango. Grego. This is it. He's English. He is English. Well done, Berta. <laughs> my club, my country goes to Will Gregson this week. So stay tuned for more quiz questions next week. Do you want to know how I know there's a secret WhatsApp group that I'm not in? That Daryl Braithway horses foals thing. <laughs> what was that? That was dead set. You can't come up. You're not that quick, Cozzy. Something's that, happened there. Mate. <laughs> Berta, Berta, there is no way I would allow a shit joke like that to go through on my watch. There is no setup there, Abs. 
at and all. And Potty mustn't be in that group either because he didn't get many right. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rightio, Pod, let's jump to match day nine, mate. The Premier League's back. What do we got? Okay, so obviously uh, Liverpool versus Everton we've spoken about. Bournemouth versus Wolves. Brentford versus Burnley. Manchester City versus Brighton. Newcastle versus Crystal Palace. Forest versus Luton Town. Uh, Chelsea versus Arsenal. Sheffield United versus Manchester United. Villa versus West Ham. And Spurs versus Fulham. Well, boys, moving on, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have some uh, technology is gonna drop out on us in a moment, so we will better get to the fantasy football review and get to our tips before we wrap it up, fellas. So, Potty, your tip of the week. We're back on the fantasy train. Uh, so, Ollie Watkins been doing great things. Scored um, over the weekend for England. Um, will Watkins power on? Great form, good draw. Suggest yes. Hmm. I haven't got any trades. Righty, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my tip of the week, boys, is Salah getting back to his old tricks. Mo Salah's been scoring. Mm. So, um, you know, there's we had questions last episode about Erling Haaland, but I think maybe Mo might be getting his oh, Mojo. God, you talked about shit, mm. Jake. You said you wouldn't allow it. <laughs> <laughs> shit football team. Shit chucks. What do you think of Cozzy? I've got Maddie's son, Double Delight. So the, <laughs> Tottenham <duo laughs> the Tottenham duo to score some more points, much to uh, my despair. But, um, yeah, they're, they're unstoppable duo at the moment. But I'm also, just as a side note, I'm looking at my wild card this weekend. I think after players come back from international, might be time for a bit of a change-up. Mm. Mm. Yeah, right. I, I can't wait. We'll take the piss out of you next week because apparently that's what's happened when you use those things. <laughs> when they don't work. <laughs> Rightio, Berta, mate. What do you got? Compare the market ad. Keep Harland. Simples. There was talk, there was talk amongst on this mm. podcast last week of people getting rid of Harland and, and, then, and then backed up in a in a bit of chit chat amongst the, the boys during the week. Keep Harland. That's that simple. Keep Harland, he says. Well, that pretty much ties a bow in that one. Um, just a few little uh, talking points before we drop out, fellas. Uh, Eden Hazard retires from football. Um, you know, what sort of a legacy do you think he leaves? Yeah, like I was surprised at that. He's only 32 years old, so. Um but as yeah, as we've heard in the media, he's had a few injuries, etc. He's, you know, he didn't get the elusive Champions League. He, he picked mm. up a few titles in England and in Spain. Um, he performed really, really well for Belgium. So um, yeah, he's a, a very solid footballer that's done it across many different countries. So yeah, I think he'll be well remembered and well loved, yeah, love, especially love at Chelsea. Mm. At Chelsea, it was a shame that Real Madrid didn't didn't <coughs> quite work out. But yeah, at, at at Chelsea, he was a pleasure to watch, and yeah, he won titles. That's... Yeah, so two two million euros per match at Real. It ended up costing them. When you talk about his um, his salary and his transfer fee, so money well spent. <laughs> um, look, final one, guys, and I do it begrudgingly, but. Um, 
you know, Manchester City have had their trophy tour. The trophy tour has gone down under. I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but um, it was absolutely unbelievable to see uh, the scenes at Bondi Beach uh, during the week when they put the trophies on the golden sands of Australia's most famous beach and they just had a line of about eight people <laughs> ready to look at it. You weren't one of them, mate? I was not, mate. So the trophy tour, they've they've brought down their, their pots and, yeah, trying to obviously rustle up some fans in the great land down under. Yeah, Good luck. Uh, <laughs> they can go stick their trophies up their bum. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us what you really think. Uh, Rightio fellas Well it's been an absolute pleasure It's uh, Yeah obviously It was a bit of a rough start But we got going And Cozzy the trivia mate I was very very pleased with your performance mate You get our um, Our 3-2-1 Oh I thought you were going to say penis of the week then yeah. Oh you'll get that no, as well yeah. Everyone gets a turn mm. Rightio Thanks, fellas boys. Thanks very much, and thank you, obviously, to our listeners for joining us. If you've got any any comments, any feedback, anything, jump in the uh, in the social media threads, send it our way. Um, if you've got any uh, any slurs that you want to send our way, if we don't support the same team as you, send them our way as well. It's all welcome. We love it. Absolutely. Thanks, boys. Keep up the good work. Good night, Australia. And farewell. Thank you.